Hello and welcome to Being Boss episode number 83. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. Today we're speaking with Tiffany Ema, and she is a stylist and image coach for coaches and speakers. She is passionate about teaching women how to exude confidence through style, which sounds so boss. She believes you can be completely magnetic by combining your style, personality, and knowledge into one spectacular package. And I personally have been following Tiffany on Instagram for a while and have a total style boss crush on her. So Tiffany, we are (laughs) so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I was super excited when I got the email, so I'm glad to be here. All right, you guys, today we're talking to Tiffany about going from a fashion blogger to a full-time stylist who is going to own her own business like a boss. And whenever it comes to going from a hobbyist to a pro, it is so important to know where your business stands. FreshBooks makes it quick and easy to get a real-time view of your business from anywhere on any device. Generating popular reports like profit and loss, payments collected, tax summary, and expense reports are so easy to do in FreshBooks. Oh, and your accountant, which you totally need to hire, will love you because you can give them their own login to get exactly what they need to keep your books in order and to do your yearly income taxes. Again, you guys, it's important to go pro. You need to be sending invoices like a boss, getting paid like a boss, and tracking your expenses. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section and they will give you one month for free. No credit card required. All right, back to our episode. All right, well, let's just start by having you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into fashion and styling. Yeah, so my background is kind of kind of funny. It's like a, a lot of different things because I've, I've always done a lot of different things. <laughs> Um, so when I was in college, I went to the fashion and retail studies program after I think I, I think I decided to switch my major a couple different times. Um, I started out in business, but I eventually landed on fashion and retail studies because I really enjoyed style and I love to learn about the reasons why people bought the certain things that they did. So my program was very much catered towards that versus like design or anything like that. It was very much about the reasons behind style. So it was a very like a uh, sociological aspect behind it. Is that even like psychological a little bit? Like yeah. style oh, psychology? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. I think I, I think I had a class that was like uh it, it was it had the word psychology in it. So <laughs> I can't remember the name of it anymore cuz that was years ago, but um it's very um style has a very psychological aspect to it. So um, fast forwarding to years later when I started my blog, which is it, it intended to be just a personal style blog. And I did that for, you know, maybe three years or so before I decided, I, you know, I spent a lot of time doing this. Um, maybe I want to take it a little bit further than just a personal style blog. So I decided to look into how I can um, make it into a business. And so I think about this last October is when I kind of started to um, develop a concept and a market and who I wanted to speak to. And I landed on coaches and speakers because it's an industry that 
people see you. So it is important to make sure that your style is also uh, reflecting who you are as a person and also your brand. And I didn't see anyone else talking about branding as it relates to style. So I I landed there and I love it. So... (laughs) I love it. You speak to my heart. So I actually have a background in personal branding, more from like the graphic design, logo, Mm -hmm. positioning, copywriting aspect of it. But I have an e-course and I mentioned personal style in it. And I dipped my toes into personal style blogging. You did not dip your toes, Kathleen. (laughs) Shannon, I'm going to call you out. How how long every single day did you post your outfit online? Uh, Maybe for a year or two. And I would post Uh my husband's outfit too. That's more than a dip. A little bit more than a dip. Exactly. More than a dip. So I love it. But this is why I'm excited to have you on the show because I kind of fell out of it. And Um, I didn't know that you've only been doing this since October. So I think it'll be really exciting and inspiring for our listeners to see a new boss who, I mean, looking at your Instagram, I would have thought that you've been, I mean, obviously, if you've been style blogging for a while, that shows up in your Instagram. But as a boss, you're kind of a newbie boss. (laughs) I am. I am. We'll get more into that. But I want to talk a little bit about style and how your style reflects your personal brand. So let's go there a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, I am all about just like confidence. Um, and that's a huge part of my brand because just my background in general is I went through a lot of like self-esteem issues, um, in my early twenties and like in my teen years. And it took me a while to land at a place where I felt confident in myself. And for me, style was always a catalyst for that. Um, because I would never, you'll never hear me say that you should, you're confident because of your style. But you will hear me say that your style reflects your confidence. And for me, um, style became a big creative outlet for me to express myself. And I just learned a lot about who I was through that, which is why I always wanted to be a part of who I am and um, you know what I show to other people. So for me, my brand is all about just exuding confidence. And I think you know, the colors that I choose to use, kind of the vibrant, just hues. And I, I love it because it just shows that you're confident who you are. It takes, it does take a confident person to wear kind of the colors that I wear. <laughs> so, um, I think that's reflective in my brand image. Um, that's the, that's the biggest part of my brand image is reflecting that image of confidence. And, you know, I just want, the people who follow me and my audience to really grasp that idea of being able to accept who you are and love who you are as a person, because ultimately you're going to need to be able to show people that you know what you're talking about and you can't do that if you're not confident in yourself. Oh, I love that. I know that like style, this is coming from a family where I don't know. Style was not a thing. You just sort of wore clothes because you couldn't go around naked. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love this idea that that it's um, it communicates to other people in a way that you know you can't or you don't have to with your words or with anything else. Like they see you, if you're wearing something that is totally you. You're communicating to whoever it is that's seeing you, like who you are, and that you're confident enough to like own it and show mm-hmm. up that way. So. Um, I love that. Love that aspect of of style and wearing clothes and it it being such a such proof of confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's actually why my tagline is build authority before you say a word, because, you know, a lot of times you can tell what someone does just by kind of the way that they dress and you can 
just take the clothes that you're wearing and use it to be a conversation starter. You can use it to, you know, you feel more confident. So you're able to express your brand a little bit better just because you feel more confident in the clothes that you're wearing. So there's like so many different levels (laughs) where you can use style and it can truly, truly change the way that you feel about yourself. Um, But it doesn't start there. It doesn't start with the clothes. It starts inside. So All right. So I think that a lot of people think that fashion is frivolous or simply a side thought. And whenever I was dipping my toe into fashion blogging, I started to realize that it's really not it's not a side thought. It's something that, like you said, communicates who you are. And it kind of lets people know what you're about before they ever even approach you for better and worse, Mm -hmm. I have found, um, even with my own style. (laughs) So background. And I have to say, Kathleen is sitting here saying this in bright red lipstick and a hat. Right. Sitting on her bed (laughs) in her bedroom. (laughs) Kathleen will show up in whatever she feels like wearing that day. (laughs) (laughs) The last time I showed up to um, a recording in this hat, Emily answers and I was like, six inch heels. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that day. <laughs> I mostly just want to be Beyonce is what's happening right here. Um, so I think that what you're saying is that creative entrepreneurs should be thinking about style because it instantly communicates something. But how do we kind of match up what it is that we want to be communicating with what we're saying with our style? So like, how do we even get started with that? Yeah, it's really it really starts with purging your closet. And I will always tell people to start there. Because really, we're more intuitive than we think about our style and the colors that we choose. And a lot of times, the style that you want really matches your brand anyway, because as someone who is a creative entrepreneur, you are expressing yourself online every single day. And because you're, most people are solopreneurs, it's you. Like, you are the brand. So your clothing, it usually is pretty much there um, as far as matching your brand and um, projecting the image that you want to project. What I find is a lot of women have trouble with finding out like how to wear the things that they have in a way that stands out a little bit more. So I always say, you know, start with the closet purge so you can get rid of those things that you really don't like and you don't wear. And then you can kind of see the clothing that you are wearing and then analyze the reasons why those are what you reach for every day. And as you develop your new wardrobe, you can... Take those concepts like, oh, I wear this shirt because, you know, it shows off my neckline. I wear this color because it brings out my eyes. It may not be a shirt that or something that looks good on you, but you know the reason why you have it. And then when you start to build your new wardrobe, you can take those concepts and apply it to the things that you're now getting. And you start to develop almost like a style uniform that can be used to project your image every single time that you show your face in a conference or you show up for a client meeting or you are um, just posting a picture on Instagram. Nice. I know Kathleen is a like ongoing closet purger. How's that been going, Kathleen? You guys, I feel like... (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. I was pregnant over two and a half years ago and I purged my entire closet because I literally felt like I was going to be pregnant forever. (laughs) Tiffany, do you have any kids? I don't. Okay. I thought I was going to be pregnant forever. And then after I had the baby, nursing is a whole other style issue. And (laughs) so then I had to like, everything had to just be booby accessible. Yeah. (laughs) So then I was purging even more stuff. And now I feel like my wardrobe is just... It's not what I want it to be. And that's why also I was 
excited to talk to you. And I even hired a consultant to come over and look at my wardrobe. And I felt like I got rid of even more stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's missing in my closet now is the element of playfulness. So like my personal style point it says of view, the girl in the hat and the pink bra right, right. now. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> Continue, <laughs> Kathleen. So... <laughs> I Okay, so I started style blogging in like the heyday of Carrie Bradshaw, right? Like super inspired by her playfulness. And Tiffany, I feel like that's something that you really embody. Like you're going to mix patterns and prints and screw all the rules because you're rocking it anyway. You always have amazing accessories. And even whenever you're not super accessorized, I just feel like you have it so pulled together. And I don't know if that's the difference between a photograph and... And then how we feel in real life, which could be a whole other conversation, like how we look on a photo versus how we feel in real life in an outfit. But, oh, what I was going to say is my style point of view is um, kind of like post-apocalyptic witchy warrior mama. Like, that's the vibe I'm going for. Like, at any given point, if, if a zombie attack goes down... I want to be dressed for the part. Like, that's generally my point of view. I don't know what that has to do with And you're pretty business. much usually rocking it. So, um, I mean, you got that going on right now from what I could tell. So, Right? She does. She's probably wearing yoga pants under that, though, for all we know. I'm wearing ripped up boyfriend jeans. Oh, good. See? You're rocking it. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> you get me totally off track. Oh, I was going to say something, too. Hold on. I don't remember. This happens too after you have kids. I know. Like you forget everything. <laughs> right. Mom brain. Okay. So, Tiffany, after the closet purge, what are some of your top styling tips or considerations that we can really start to put into place now? Yeah, for sure. So, whenever people purge their closet, the first thing they want to do is just run out and just go buy a bunch of stuff. But I always say that should not be your next step because... What happens is you purge your closet of all these things and you see all those things that you got rid of. When you go to the store, you just fill your closet with more of the stuff that you just got rid of, just newer. So what you want to do instead is really take the time to develop your style first. So you, you know, you pull inspiration, you try to find out exactly what it is that you do like and want to wear. Then you put together an um, inspiration board so that that's what's fresh in your mind. And that's the style that you have in your mind when you go to the store. Um, and then it, you make a, a wardrobe checklist. What do you need so that you actually have a complete wardrobe after you do shop? And then once you go to the store, you have everything. You, you know what you need in your mind. And even you know what you need. It should be on a list, too. <laughs> um, and then when you buy, you know, your new clothes, you're actually creating a complete wardrobe because a lot of people have disjointed wardrobes where you just have, you know, you might have some cute tops, but then you have literally no pants to wear with them or vice versa. Um, or you are feeling like it's too plain. So you go to the store and you just continue to buy the same things over and over and over again because it's just what you're used to, to getting. So you need to take the time and really think through your purchases before you buy them. Because, you know, it's when you walk into any type of store, grocery store, whatever, you're going to just buy things that you're used to buying versus, um, you know, buying the things that you actually need. I love the idea of comparing it to grocery shopping. And it's like if you're trying out a new recipe, you've got the image of the recipe that you're mm -hmm. wanting to check out. You make a list of it. I love that because I can look at an inspiration board. And on my inspiration board is a lot of Gwen Stefani and Kanye West. So then I can make a list. OK, I need some drop crotch pants. <laughs> you know, like that's what I yes. need. 
Um, but at the same time, it's so funny because literally Kanye is on so many of my inspiration boards, but I don't look like Kanye West. <laughs> like I'm not a guy. I'm not African American. I'm I'm probably closer to looking like Gwen Stefani. I and mean, I can see some overlaps between them, but I I find myself doing that exact thing where I'm just going to the store and buying the same thing over and mm-hmm. over again because it's what I'm used to. I think what's hard for me is I can't find the quality pieces or if I do find it, it's like four or five hundred dollars right. for the piece I want. And then I'm scared to invest in it because what if I don't like it? What if I ruin it in the wash? What do you think about that? Like, how do you how do you go about getting new pieces and really buying investment pieces versus like kind of for fun pieces that you can fast see? fashion, fast fashion mm-hmm. and like how it might fit into your wardrobe? What's your approach there? Well, my approach is going to be different than um, people who aren't as into style just because I'm I I am a shopper. Like if someone asked me what my favorite hobby is, I would say shopping and I don't even have to go and buy things. I just like to go and comparison shop. So for me, my approach is um, is very different than what I would teach people to do, because I don't think everyone can shop like I like I can because I have patience and I actually enjoy shopping. So um, when I when I'm looking to buy something new, first of all, I have an education of fashion, so I know like a lot of the cost of fashion. So for me, um, I'm very particular about how much I'll spend on a particular item. And I'm looking at the quality, I'm looking at the stitching, I'm looking at the seams, I'm looking at the fabric content, like and I and I know how certain fabrics wash and certain seams will hold up in a wash. So I have all this like, when I go into a store, I have a lot of background knowledge in my mind. I need to take you shopping with me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, Sorry. you know, you're very um, particular. So like spending for me, like a shirt, like the one I have on, which is just a button, button down denim shirt. I know that I'm not going to spend more than $15 on it because I know it didn't cost that much to make it. So that's in my mind, I know exactly how much I would spend on a particular item. Now we're talking an invested investment piece, like a leather jacket. Obviously, that's a little different. So, you know, you go in thinking I'm going to spend, you know, maybe three to four hundred dollars on this piece. Um, but if you're patient, you can wait for the deals and wait for the sales, too. So there's um, it just depends on how you shop um, as to, you know, how you approach getting the things that you need, because some people hate shopping. You're if you hate shopping, you're more likely to spend more money on clothing because you're not going to wait for the sales and be in there when there's a bunch of people trying to get the deals. You're just going to go in and be like, that's what I like. I don't care if it's two hundred fifty dollars. I'm going to buy it and I'm leaving and I'm never coming back for three months. That's not me. I shop everywhere. I can shop at a thrift store. I can shop at Nordstrom. I can shop at a boutique. It doesn't matter as long as I'm finding something that I really want to wear. I love that. I want to know what your most favorite recent purchase is. Like, what have you picked up that you're totally dying over right now? Actually, I just bought um, a cloth and stone off-shoulder, like, plaid top. It's white with pink and blue plaid. And it's so cute. I just bought it, like, three days ago. And I love it. It's so comfortable. If anyone, if you ever, you know, need a really comfortable top, cloth and stone is, like, what you should do. They sell it at Anthropology. Um, and you can also get it at like TJ Maxx or something like that too. But it's just really soft and comfortable because I really like soft feminine and very comfy clothing when I get dressed because it's just super easy um, and it makes it easier for me to get dressed on a daily basis. And then my other favorite thing in the world is Madewell jeans in general. Oh, so love, especially my flea market flares. 
I probably wear them three Those or four times a week. Those are my favorite jeans. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> Here's the deal is that I don't feel like post-apocalyptic warrior mama in them. Yeah. Unless I'm pairing them with like a badass harness, like choker <laughs> situation. <laughs> You could. Well, you certainly could. Well, that's totally okay. Like, for instance, if you were wearing your flea market jeans right now with what you have on, you could do like a like a cool choker, and you would just be there already. And you just have the hat and the, the flares and the choker, and, and you would be there. So you can always work it out. <laughs> okay, I have a question. I, I'm not sure if we if we covered, like, the, the top tips that you would give to someone but let's circle back around to that because I have a question, actually. A lot of our listeners are still in a day job or they're mm-hmm. working in a corporate culture and they have dress codes, which, like, for me is so offensive and ridiculous <laughs> that dress codes are a thing or that even the culture of dress codes is a thing. So, for example, my hair was in locks. I had blonde locks down to Mm -hmm. my waist up until about a year ago. I chopped them all off and people would always stop and say, oh, I wish I could do that, but I work a day job. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had become confident enough with my hair and with being a nonconformist. I was voted most nonconformist every year, sixth grade through 12, (laughs) um, that I feel like it is kind of this attitude of confidence and being able to rock whatever you want in a corporate culture. Like often I wonder if that's just an excuse people are making to kind of not stand out. So what do you think about really exuding personal style whenever you work a day job or are in a culture where everyone's wearing the same damn thing? Yeah. And I, and I actually do still work in a corporate office. Like I have my, I have a full-time job still um, in addition to my side business. So, which really to me is not really a side business. It's just what I do. Um, but I think it is stifling, um, to work in a corporate office. And it, a lot of times it is more that you are afraid of the looks you'll get for what you're wearing when you're at work versus, you know, you'll get in trouble for wearing it. So, you know, I always tell people to go for it in accessories if they're not comfortable doing it in their clothes. So, you know, wear a cool hat, wear a cool necklace, um, get some super cool colored shoes or, you know, a belt. Just, you know, do it in your accessories versus in your actual clothing because it really depends on the corporate environment too now that I think about it because I work at um, a fashion environment. So, you know, you're going to see a little bit more of, you know, kind of the outward expression in an environment where the corporate office is in fashion versus like if you're a lawyer. So obviously there's going to be a big difference there. So it really just depends on, you know, the environment that you're in because there there is a level of appropriateness. And I, I hate, I'm putting it in air quotes because I really hate that word. But, you know, unfortunately it is real, um, especially in a work environment. So it, it is hard. You have to kind of, you know, judge based on the environment you're in. There are environments where you really can't, you know, express yourself as outwardly as you want to just because of, you know, kind of the unspoken, usually an unspoken dress code um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of set and everyone does dress the same and you feel like you have to follow suit. I say just do it one day and see if your supervisor says anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that's a good point, though, is that 
for me, expressing my style, even whenever I worked a day job, it was more like I just didn't want people to comment on it. Even right. if it was positive, like I'm kind of more of a tomboy. I don't wear dresses very often. So then the day I do wear a dress, I don't want everyone saying, oh, right. Oh, oh you're right. wearing a dress today. <laughs> like, it's just kind of embarrassing. And I'm like, can I just wear the dress without commentary? <laughs> so at my last day job, which was at an advertising agency, which is super... Um, what's the word for it? Contemporary, progressive. I remember the very first day I was like, I'm going to wear the craziest thing I can. So people just know I'm setting the foundation. <laughs> like People just know what they can expect. It's so funny. On Halloween one year, I came into the office wearing fishnets and booty shorts and a fur vest. It was like a post-apocalyptic. And oh, and I was wearing skates. So like I was skating in on like with my fur on and Kind of all That's just, awesome. Like goggles. I think I was wearing goggles. Just crazy. <laughs> I had a raccoon on my head. And um, there was... That's s- just Tuesday for Kathleen. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> the neighboring office, they didn't know that we were having a Halloween party. And they legit thought I was just coming to work that way. <laughs> so, like, that's whenever I knew I had made it, style-wise. <laughs> but honestly, okay, so here's another thing is, um, since working for myself, I feel like I have no one to get dressed for. Mm-hmm. I was about, like, let's flip that. So I know so many, like, work-from-home solopreneurs lose their sense of style whenever it's so easy to go from your bed to your desk wearing the same thing. Like, I'm one of those people that's totally guilty of sometimes I'll wear something all day and then sleep in it that night and get Mm -hmm. up and wear it all day the next. Like, I've done (laughs) that a couple of times. And no shame in my game. No shame in my game. Um, So let's, let's talk about, like, dressing for yourself and, like, having that sense of style that you want to express even when no one is around. Yeah, that is, that's a big thing for a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs because you don't have to, you don't necessarily have to get dressed. And I'm just so everyone knows, I'm throwing up air quotes again because <laughs> I, I love getting dressed daily. Um, and I feel like, you know, when you have a situation where you're at home most of the time, then make, then buy cute pajamas. You know, don't, don't buy, don't just wear old t-shirts. You know, you can, you can go out and get really, really cute pajamas and look great at home too. And I always say, you know, 90, 90% of your wardrobe should be what you wear on a daily basis. And then some of those extra pieces for special events, you know, they shouldn't overtake your wardrobe. So I am all about, you know, having a wardrobe that matches your daily lifestyle. So, you know, you want to have cute clothes, but, and I think, I also think that getting dressed can actually change your mindset about the work that you're doing at home too. So if you, instead of having like a a ratty old t-shirt and everyone has those that they sleep in, you can have like a really cute, like off shoulder pajama set with, with shorts. And then you can wake up and still feel adorable. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, your level of wanting to look cute at home. Cause I think the environment, uh, kind of the environment that we set for ourselves is that, I need to look cute for someone versus I want to look cute, period. And that's Ooh. where I am. I'm, I'm just like, I just want to look cute. It doesn't matter who's there. <laughs> yes. I know. I remember it used to be like I wanted to look cute for guys or, mm-hmm. you know, for that kind of attraction. Yep. Then I wanted to look cute for other girls, mm-hmm. like once the world of Instagram and Pinterest and all right. of that came along. And now I just need to get back to looking cute for myself and not be wearing you guys, literally some of my ratty t-shirts still have breast milk stains on them. Like, that's how <laughs> disgusting I am. Like, I need to just get rid of it. Whenever you said get cute pajamas, 
you just blew my mind. I feel like I got called out. Like, this is going <laughs> to rock my world to have some cute pajamas. Yeah, I feel like everyone should have a pajama set, at least at least two. <laughs> yeah. So I know, like, I had the dress scenario recently where, like, I like to wear dresses. Like, and I wear them semi-often, and I wore one, and some neighbors saw me, and they're like, oh, Emily, you look cute today. I'm like, guys, I, this is just what I look like when I get dressed. Like, this is not... <laughs> Out of the ordinary. So, and, and it really, it's made me think a whole lot more lately about how I need to get dressed more often. And like, I get dressed for Kathleen is really what Aww. it comes down to, right? <laughs> or I get dressed for like the ma- the clubhouse master classes that we have or webinars that I do or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Like I get dressed or well, let's see, I certainly use those outward facing like social like online social settings mm-hmm. as an excuse to make myself get up and get ready yeah but i am usually sitting here cute from the waist up and in yoga pants from the waist down <laughs> <laughs> okay so regardless of someone's body type or coloring or all the considerations that come into place whenever you're styling someone What style tips do you think are universally flattering or even like a certain trend right now that you're loving that you wish that everyone would get on board with? What are you loving? What do you think works? What are some style tips that we can do right now? I actually think one of the um, trends that's pretty flattering on everyone is the off-shoulder trend. I think that looks cute on pretty much any anybody type. Um, Of course, then you have to worry about the shape. Off my shoulder now. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Looks (laughs) better. Of course, you do have to think about because there everything comes in like different shapes, different cuts. So you, you that's where you think about it. There, the thing is, is like there's not much that's super universal because like you can say, um, you know, everyone looks good with a belt on around their natural waist, but then you worry about like some people look better with a skinny belt, some people look better with a thicker belt because of the height, and so there's always like a, a little nuance that goes along with that like universal style tip. Um, so it really is, is so individual style is, and it's very much based on your coloring and on your proportions and cause everyone is unique and every single person, you know, I can wear something and you guys could wear the exact same thing. And it's going to look completely different on all three of us. Um, but really it just comes down to buying things that you feel good in and you look good in. And that is really the only thing that I can say as far as like a universal tip, <laughs> Oh, good. Okay, and and forecasting, or what trend is like coming up right now, or you see coming in the future that we need to jump on? You know, the thing is, everything right now is so, there's so many decades already in fashion, like you have 90s, you have a little bit of 80s, you have the 60s, you have everything kind of happening all at once already. So it's hard to kind of say what is going to be entrant like it could it could literally be anything um especially with how fast those are going. making a comeback yes <laughs> that well, will be a happy day <laughs> we'll all be in roller skates like kathleen at her halloween party that's that's what's gonna happen next <laughs> roller skates and a raccoon <laughs> okay i have a question for you as far as styling and your dream clients go so you are super colorful in your style mm-hmm. i mean your Instagram feed is just a happy place. And I'm curious, whenever you're styling other people, do you like styling people who have the same sense of style as you? Or do you like really seeing what they're about and, you know, meeting that challenge? 
Um, yeah, for me, I love the challenge of finding more what they're about. So, you know, if I have a client that wants neutral clothing, they're going to get neutral clothing. Um, I'm not going to force them to wear color just because I like it. Um, because I, I really like the psychological, psychological aspects behind getting dressed. And I would never want to dress someone, you know, in a way that makes them uncomfortable. But I do like to get to the root of why, like say they're like, oh, I only want all gray and white and black. I want to get to the root of why of that before I just say, yeah, let's do that. Um, because sometimes it's just because they're afraid to wear the colors. So, you know, you start small, you say, okay, you'll have gray, white and black, but then this blue looks really great on you. So we're going to put a couple shirts in there. That's that color too. And kind of get them, you know, more acclimated to wearing the colors. But I think a lot of people are afraid of color just because they don't really know exactly what colors look good on them. And when they wear it, they're like, oh, whenever I wear this bright orange shirt, I look like crap. I'm like, well, because that bright orange shirt looks like crap on you. (laughs) (laughs) Not because you can't wear color in general. It's just because that particular color does not look good on you. So um, it's, it's really about that person. Um, But I will try to get them, try to get them to wear color by showing them the colors that look good on them first. And how do you figure that out? Like what colors look good on you? How can oh, someone at home <laughs> figure out what colors look good? That's a very involved question. Um, and I'm <laughs> obsessed with color theory. And I always say like, this is where people find out how much a nerd I am. But um, yes. the basic the basics are that people have either cool undertones or warm undertones. And that's like the basic thing that you want to find out. You guys both actually have cool undertones. I'm looking at you. Um, and that's the basic thing that you want to find out um, because then you will be able to find out like, you know, do I look better in yellows or do I look better in like, like bright, bright reds. So um, cool and warm undertones. The, ba- the basic way to find out what your undertones are is to take like an orange piece of paper and then like a fuchsia pink piece of paper um, which is kind of like a bluer pink versus like a warm pink. And you hold those both up to you and whichever color looks better on you, you can tell. So if you look better in orange, you're going to have warm undertones. If you look better in the fuchsia, you're going to have cool undertones. That's the basic way to tell. And that's only the very, very beginning. Everything else is very, very involved after that. Um, but it's really, it's really quite simple once you start like to look at the colors that you're wearing and understand like, just hold them up to you and understand like, hey, you know, my dark circles are kind of standing out when I have this color up to my face. You just start to pay attention to those types of things. And that's how you really find out what colors, you know, look good on you. You can have someone analyze you and then and tell you exactly what it is. But if you're looking to do it at home, it's really just about paying more attention versus just buying something because you like the color. I have a simple hack. Go to Sephora and do the color matching. Like pretend like you've got to buy some foundation. <laughs> and they do this like little color matching thing on your cheek I mean it's probably better to have someone actually look at you but I did the color matching thing and then could see which foundation was right but then there's also an option where you can pick out crazy lipstick colors yeah and the crazy lipstick colors kind of tell you more about what colors look good on you Mm -hmm. so like it will tell you what shade of red whether it's the kind of more orangey red or the the cooler red Mm -hmm. and then it will also show so for example whenever I did this it showed me that like green or navy blue lipstick might look good on me so that's whenever I started to think okay well then maybe a green shirt or a blue shirt might look good on me too funny funny story with that with the whole Sephora matching specifically the foundation one I will say that is not always accurate Um, (laughs) and I think the lipstick is going to be a better approach because you'll have the the yellow oranges and then the pinks in there to kind of separate it 
I went to Sephora with my roommate one day and they matched her and they're like, you have yellow undertones. And I'm like, no, no, she doesn't. My, my roommate is like literally like the palest, like pink person. And, and she's like clearly cool. Like you don't even have to test her to know that she's clearly <laughs> cool. She looks great. in like these like kind of icier blues. And I'm like, I just looked at her and I was like, no, she doesn't have yellow undertones. <laughs> so it can be accurate sometimes, but you also just want to do multiple things too, because sometimes they'll match you and it will not be correct. The other thing about makeup is a lot of people have um, the baseline that you can have neutral undertones too. And some people can be closer to neutral than others, but some you're still going to have either warm or cool. There's there's not going to be a new, necessarily a new, neutral mm. undertone. So that's the other thing about makeup you have to kind of think about too. Because color theory is so much more involved than people like think. And I'll talk about it for hours. <laughs> You're talking to an art major here. I basically yes. majored. You know, whenever yeah. letters majors are like, I was a letters major. I'm like, I was a colors major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I've been I've been thinking about, you know, that like super bright orange lipstick. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking, wondering if I can rock that out. Now, I feel like I won't. Okay, <laughs> but here's a question. What if technically, you know, we're cool undertone, but we feel really badass in neon yellow lipstick, right? Or yeah. hot orange, like a hot orange shirt. Like, wh- where do you kind of draw the line between like, no, I love this and I feel like the bomb, even if I kind of look like ass? <laughs> <laughs> where do you draw the ass line? <laughs> well, uh, the other thing about color theory that um, people don't realize is you say, oh, I have warm undertones, and then you think, oh, I can only wear yellow and orange. And no, that's not the case at all. Because, like, for instance, you can wear cool colors, too. But, like, for someone like me, like, I have very, very yellow-orange undertones. So, for me, a cool color is going to be, like, like a teal or, you know, something that has, like, a cornflower blue. Things that have a little bit of warmth to it and kind of stands out against. Because you can go, like... Um, complimentary to your undertones too and that will look amazing on you and it stand out really well so um, that's the first thing you want to think about because someone who has cool undertones probably will look good in neon yellow because it is a cooler yellow so um, you know it's something that you have to think about as far as like if I wish I wish this weren't a podcast so I could like show you the difference between the colors like a cool orange and a and a warm orange because there are oranges that is going to have a little bit more coolness to it that you can rock out um, if you no. want to hook us up with a photo, we'll put it in the show notes. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is that you can pretty much wear any color that you want. Color theory matters from the waist up. So if you want to wear a color that doesn't really look good on you, put it on your pants, but wear a skirt, something like that. That's farther away from your face. And then you can pair it with a color that looks better because the light is going to reflect onto your face. And that's where, you know, you can kind of see where the colors don't look good. Um, so I always tell people, like, wear whatever color you want. You can put it in an accessory. You can wear it on the bottom. And then just make sure whatever is, is reflecting directly from your face is a color that's going to give you a really good cast on your face. So Love it. I feel like I just got so schooled. <laughs> I need to go purge my closet, one. Yeah. Two, will you go shopping with me? Yeah, anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds amazing. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about business. Now, Kathleen, can we move on to business? Are we good for that? 
All right. So I want to talk about business stuff. So you still have a corporate job, which means you're side hustling mm-hmm. your creative thing. Do you have any like hopes in the horizon of like when it will be the real thing? And not that it's not the real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so actually I have my services are there. Like they're on my website and mm-hmm. you could per- you can go there and purchase them today. But I'm actually going to be launching them towards the end of this month. So um, I'll have, you know, three different styling packages to choose from. And the hope is that I get, um, the hope is that I'll grab enough clients to be able to leave my job within the next like six months to a year. I'm trying to be realistic with it because I could say I want to get clients and leave next month. But I'm trying to, um, you know, kind of pave out at least one year plan to be able to leave my full time job and um, go into styling full time. So that's, that's ultimately what my goal is. But the first step is to really like launch my services in a big way. Awesome. Good. I love that. And I love that one. I love that you're being super realistic about it (laughs) (laughs) because it's really easy to just be like, I'm gonna do this in three weeks. Go ahead and put in your notice and then what? Right. (laughs) Um, but okay. So let's talk about your services because I love the idea. Like my favorite thing about creatives is that they pick these like little creative avenues Mm -hmm. and they like business model them and turn them into like, a living, which right. I think is fantastic. Right. So for someone who has this passion for color theory and fashion and style to turn it into a business model, I want to talk about that model a little bit. So you're launching three services, three mm-hmm. styling services. Um, tell me a little bit more about those. Like, what made you come up with these, like the idea that you would make money this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the idea that your styling services are kind of based on a time frame mm-hmm. versus necessarily like just a closet purge or just a shopping trip. So I'm curious about that as well. Yeah. um, So the idea of building a wardrobe is that it really does take time. Um, For me, it took probably like eight years or so to really kind of get a solid style. Now, the whole the whole plan is that my clients, it won't have to take, you know, eight years (laughs) for them to find what their style is. So the packages that I've come up with, um, you could start at, you know, kind of the basic level and just do just one one on one session. And I'll kind of give you an idea of what to shop for, what to look for. And then I have a three month package where we would work together uh, for that time frame. And I'll give you like um, a like a style book that you can go off of. And then my longest package is six months in which I would actually help you purchase clothing, um, six outfits, one per month. And you will have a better idea of how to shop by the end of it. And also the idea is that you'll get, have a wardrobe by the end of that six months. Cause I, what I don't want is for us to get, start working together. And then we kind of know what your style is, but we don't really have enough time to really kind of solidify it. And then you leave me and you're still lost. Um, so the whole point is to, you know, have these different timed out packages so that we get to know each other better, first of all. And then that means that your style at the end is ultimately going to match you because I know you better. And I also am taking into consideration your coloring and then also your proportions as well. Love that. I love how you've packaged up your passion into these packages that will help people, you know, reach, you know, the goal of gaining confidence and representing themselves through style and all that jazz. I love creatives like you who do (laughs) things like this. I have a question about having three tiers. This is totally like behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) Is your ideal package that someone works with you for six months? Like, would that be if if every single client signed on for six, six months, aside from the monetary stuff... Or is it maybe that kind of middle three-month package? Which one do you feel like you could really own? And if you could only offer one, which one would it be? If I could only offer one, it probably would be the three-month package. 
Um, because when you get into the, the higher packages, there's a lot of work involved in shopping for, like, say I had 10 clients. That's a lot of work to be shopping for 10 clients all at once. So, um, I would, if I had to choose one, it would definitely be that middle ground because it's enough time that we can get your style like solidified. Um, but it's also not so much time that I'm not going to be able to pay attention to all of my clients at once. So, um, I, I would definitely fall and I, and I'm thinking most people are going to fall into the middle ground. Um, okay, I remembered what my question was. Who takes your photos? Oh, I do. I take all of them. I have a like tripod. On a timer? Yeah, tripod, and I have a remote. And I just over over the years of being a style blogger, I just learned how to like really do it. Um, people do ask me that all the time. They're like, "Who's your photographer?" And I'm like, "I don't have money for a photographer." <laughs> <laughs> so I and I just I just learned how to do it, and over time, I just got good at it. So. We've we've been talking a lot about passion projects in the Being Boss Clubhouse this mm-hmm. this week, and um and talking about like my old fashion blogging, and now talking to you, I feel so energized around styling again, and really embracing my own personal style, and really knowing what that is. I think that there is an aspect of taking photos of what you're wearing to kind of be able to look like using that as a tool to look back and reflect on mm-hmm. what you actually love, what actually looks good on you. So I think that's the thing that I wanted to talk about that I forgot about. <laughs> Glad you remembered it. Me too. Um, what else plays into your own role as a creative entrepreneur? Like what struggles or challenges are you currently facing? Um, the biggest challenge is balancing a full-time job and, um, figuring out how to be really consistent with my blog because, you know, having a style blog and having a business on the side is not something that you have to do. Um, and again, I'm using air quotes. So, um, it's hard to come home after and being out, out of the house for nine hours and, find that energy to really put into um, your business because it takes a lot. Like you work, basically you're going to have two full-time jobs until you leave your, your full-time job because it's a lot of work and it's this, it's all about being consistent and really showing up for your audience. So I think that's really the biggest challenge for me right now. And um, I would also say that just not always having people around me that understands what I'm doing. Cause like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go online and, and, you know, shop for people and they live hundreds and hundreds of miles away from me. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And so just kind of, um, you know, seeking out people, other creatives who are going to encourage me in that too. Oh, I totally get that. And that's something I feel like those two things are probably the two things that our crowd struggles with the most because so many of them still have full time Mm -hmm. jobs and have this creative side hustle that really is its own full time job. And, you know, so many of them also like have families or just lives is nice too. Um, so juggling all that can be, can be really painful. I really hope that your launch goes off so well that screw six months to a year. (laughs) (laughs) You're able to just dive in, but also that piece of like finding your people. I was talking to a coaching client just this morning and struggling with the same thing. This idea that you, uh, like what we do and the fact that the fact that we live so much of our lives online or especially like the work part of our lives online um can be really hard when it comes to like face-to-face relationships explaining to people that like 
you have to go host a Twitter chat and people are like, what? That makes no sense. But yeah. like it does to you. It can be hard to talk about those things. So those two things are, they're normal, I guess is what I'm saying, and totally overcomable. Yeah, that's funny. That literally happened to me the other day. Someone's like, you want to go get dinner? I'm like, I'm co-hosting a Twitter chat. Can't, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? Exactly. <laughs> So are you hanging out with other stylists or other fashion bloggers? Like who, who is kind of like your tribe online? Um, online, actually, most of my creative friends are people that I don't see because they're all online. So it's a little bit harder because they're not with me. They're not in front of me. I'm working on trying to, you know, find a group here in Columbus where I can kind of um, gather with them instead. Not instead, but in addition to just so I can have kind of a face to face. Um, because I feel like, you know, that face-to-face interaction and relationships, super important to just have motivation in that way. Cause my, you know, my, my friends who aren't creatives, they, they are totally supportive, but they don't really understand. Like this might mean that I won't see you for two months if you're really pushing me to go this way. Um, and I, and that's what I was finding. I was either completely neglecting my friends and family or I was not doing enough work. <laughs> so um, I was finding myself in that place. And I did take a, I took a break. I took a, I'm coming off of a pretty long break right now because I was just so, I was drained because I wasn't seeing anyone, any of my friends in real life. So I took a break and um, I really needed to get recharged and refocused. And now I want to figure out that balance because I know I need, I need my friends um, and I would like to, you know, kind of develop some close relationships with people who are creatives and will encourage me in person and, you know, will understand what I'm going through. So what's interesting and cool is that you started this business essentially from your passion and from a project of documenting what you're wearing and, and fashion blogging. Obviously, you have an education in it as well. So. But what what's really cool about it is even as you took a break, as someone who's just following you online, I never perceived that break, probably because you've been able to integrate your creative expression with now your business. So you're still taking photos of your outfits, and I'm still consuming that. You know what I mean? So I think that's a cool part about turning what is a passion into your job. Mm-hmm. Yep. True. And I like I also if there are any listeners who live in Columbus, Ohio, like shoot Tiffany an email because all the bosses are cool. Do not be creepy or she will <laughs> tell me about it. Um, but but like I, I do know that that is such a huge thing for having people locally that you can meet with face to face who who get what you're doing and understand how to be encouraging. Mm-hmm. I think that like friends and family who don't get it, like obviously have your best interest in mind and will be encouraging. But if they don't know what they're encouraging, sometimes it's not quite what you need. Right. Um. So there's that. I'm sure we have some Columbus bosses. I have a question about blogging. Are you still fashion blogging? Like technically blogging? Um, I, now most of my posts are, are focused around like educating versus, um, like, oh, this is a cool outfit. Even if I do an outfit post, it will be more about educating, like why this is good for like a specific event or something like that. Um, versus like, oh, here's, you know, seven pictures of different angles of this outfit. And this is where I got all this stuff from. Um, so I do a lot of posts that speak to color theory or speak to getting dressed for client meetings, um, things like that, that are going to educate my audience a little bit more because I'm approaching it 
from a different angle um, because I'm trying to teach people how to dress as a coach or a speaker and also how to integrate that with their brand. Do you feel like social has kind of replaced like the traditional fashion blogging? Like, so for example, you're still posting outfits on Instagram and that might feed to your blog that's educating. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I, I was thinking back to my fashion blogging days and it was definitely during the heyday of fashion blogging. And I think I was doing it because everyone else was doing it. Obviously, no, I have, you were doing it because you wanted to do it, Kathleen. <laughs> I know, but it wasn't to the level or to the game that everyone else's was you know yes yeah, so <laughs> so but but even blogging in general I mean this podcast has not that Emily and I haven't been writing we consider ourselves professional email writers <laughs> yes <laughs> but podcasting has kind of replaced blogging as far as that expression side of things so I was just curious to hear your thoughts on kind of flat fashion blogging where it's been where it is now, where you think it might be going in the future, and how, and what role that plays in your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really think it um, It kind of just depends on what, what it is that you're blogging about, because um, there's so many different types of fashion bloggers. Like, you could have a lifestyle blogger who does outfit posts, but also does recipes or something like that. Um, for someone like me, who's more into, like, the educating piece of it, it's a little bit different, because it's not just about me and about what I'm wearing. Um, which is why I don't do full posts on my outfit because I want people to kind of, you know, grasp how clothes will look on them versus how they look on me because everyone is different. Um, and for me, I'm actually probably going to be moving away from like writing actual blog posts and into more doing more video. Um, like, because I feel like it's just so personal for me when I get into a stream of consciousness, I can just go on forever. Um, so I probably will be. I say probably, I shouldn't say that. I am starting a YouTube channel called Sweatpants Intervention. And it's going to be all about um, how to <laughs> how to find your style and get out of the sweatpants and really get dressed every day, even if you work from home. So that's nice. that's coming pretty soon as well. Okay, well, no wonder you were like, I have a lot of work to do. A YouTube channel <laughs> is huge yeah. and so exciting. I'm mm -hmm. so jealous. I want a YouTube channel so bad. <laughs> but there's so much work that goes into it. It is. Are you going to be like kind of shooting that at the same level that your photographs are or you know what I mean? Or are you going to just have like a cool background? Like, how are you producing that? I'm probably going to be starting with just like just the, you know, black background and then just me sitting. Um, but eventually when I probably once I leave my full time job, that's when I want to start to hire like a videographer to help me out with getting, you know, more cool angles and like come shopping with Tiffany, like things like that. Mm -hmm. Um and I want, that's where I want it to go. And that's where I see it going. It will take time. I know, um, again, trying to be realistic about, you know, you know, those expectations versus reality memes. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm trying to be keep realistic. You from getting started. Exactly. Right? Yep. Keep it real simple. Um, so a lot of it is going to be just me, you know, kind of sitting and saying the things that I would be writing in my blog post, but I feel like it's more personal just coming straight from me. And so I'll probably be replacing a lot of my blogging with, those videos and they'll just be embedded onto my website. Um, so that's where I'm going. And I'll still write like with emails, obviously, because um, I think that's super important. And I think a lot of blogging is going into more your email list now because um, mm -hmm. it's so important to connect with them in that way, with your audience in that way. So um, most of the writing is probably going to be going into that. So, Oh, I love that. Tiffany, you are doing it. Like, <laughs> 
totally doing it. And it makes me so excited to see someone who's taking something like a love for style and turning it into like a legit business. So do you have anything you else you want to ask, Kathleen? For our I just wanted to ask, like, uh, what is a victory? Like, what are you celebrating mm-hmm. in your business lately? And what is a big win that keeps you motivated and keeps you going? For me, it's been just going from just blogging to actually building an audience and having people who email me and ask me for advice and things like that. Because last year at this time, I was I was just blogging and I felt like I just wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and I wasn't really building an audience, but now I'm starting to see like, uh, trends in the people that follow my blog and follow my Instagram and they're the, they're the same type of people. And I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm I'm getting the people that I want to, you know, read my blog. And I've really enjoyed that. And I've been able to build an email list and, um, you know, be able to connect to my audience. And I've really enjoyed that. And I think, you know, it, it just showed me that it really works when you have a focus it really does work and you can you can truly build something from nothing and i think that's a huge win for me amen amen it's an amen <laughs> i don't know if you listen to our podcast but amen is like the ultimate <laughs> <laughs> throw it down all right perfect so do you have any any advice for folks who want to be boss especially i think in the realm of like full time job side hustling your passion making it do yeah, really, it's going to sound super cliche and corny, but just don't let go of that dream that you have. Cause, um, that's, that's the difference between people who have dreams and people who make it a reality is people who make it a reality. They're like, this is the dream and it might not make sense to anyone, but I'm still going to go for it. Um, and just putting in the work that's required and the research that's required to build something. And I think that is the biggest thing. And that's what held me back for three years from going from blogging to a business. Um, is just, forgetting that, you know, it's not normal. This isn't like a normal thing. It's becoming more normal now, but it's not normal for you to build a business just at home from scratch. And then it probably doesn't make sense. to Like if I say this to someone who's a lawyer, they're going to be like, you're crazy. That's not going to work, but it does work. And I see it work all the time. So um, just keep that in mind when you're working towards leaving your full-time job, it it can work. You just have to put the work into it. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Tiffany, where can our listeners find more of you? You can find me on TiffanyEma.com, my website. And I love Instagram, so you will always find me on Instagram. Um, and I am at TiffanyEma on Instagram. Thank you so much for chatting with us. It was such a joy getting to talk to you and getting to nerd out on color and fashion <laughs> and all things style. And thank you, ladies, so much for having me. I truly enjoyed it. <laughs> Kathleen here. I wanted to pop in because I've been getting asked a lot what my role at Braid Creative is now that Being Boss has taken off so much. And I wanted to let you guys know that branding, business visioning, and coaching creatives to blend more of who they are into what they do while positioning themselves as confident creative experts is still a huge part of my work and my life. At Braid Creative, I'm still giving my team creative direction and putting my stamp of approval on every single project behind the scenes. But a big part of my role there is helping to create the Braid Method branding e-course. This is something I'm super passionate about, and what this e-course does is it helps creatives who can't quite hire Braid Creative one-on-one work on their own brand and their own business vision 
We have an e-course book, a ton of exercises, and even audio files so that you can learn on the go. The e-course is now open to new students only until August 8th. Learn more at braidcreative.com and click e-course in the main menu. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode, listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.